Never forced, never coursed. Open discussions about things in life that matter to you most. From tech to TV, movies, and gaming, and everything in between. Streaming live every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And be sure to join us every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern and Saturday night at 11 p.m. GMT for Weekend Chill, exclusively on Mixcloud. Welcome to Voluntary Input. Everybody gets them and everybody hates them. It is 2021 and we are still getting tons and tons of robocalls. So the question is always, first of all, where do these things come from? Who's behind them? And why do people even do it? You know, do they even make money off of this stuff? And how can we stop them? So what's up? What's up, Adam? Not much. How's it going? Good, good, good. Just got back from a nice long week vacation. <laughs> Everybody's got to take a break from time to time, spend some time down in Myrtle Beach, you know, just hanging out, chilling, soaking it all in. And so, so Sounds anyway, like this week we're going to be talking about some robocalls. Uh, like I said, the first question is who is behind these calls? And the simple answer really is pretty much anybody and everybody. That's crazy to me. I was doing some research on how does this happen and come to find out you could spend only a couple hundred dollars and get a software package that will do robocalls for you. Now, you know, normally on this show, I'll show screenshots and links of things, but I I don't want to give these guys any more traction than they already have. But what I found was that, yeah, I found one. If you if you have like five hundred to a thousand dollars, you can basically just send out hundreds of robocalls a day. Isn't that crazy? It's got to be inexpensive. You know, if they've got software that'll do it for them, you just type in like a sentence for it to say and. Some input inputs for it to receive and just bust off like a, hundreds of them. It, it is absolutely incredible. And then, you know, I tend to, and I think everybody does, usually because if you actually talk to a human being, a lot of times they have foreign accents and we like to think, well, all of these calls are coming from overseas. But actually, the CEO of Umail pointed out that, uh, the majority, actually, the majority of these calls are coming from here, right in the United States of America. Um, hundreds of millions of telemarketing calls and student loan scams. Do my favorite one lately is calling about your uh, car warranty. You ever get that one? <laughs> Whenever I get them, I just hang. I I just automatically hang up. I don't even give it the chance. <laughs> Some of them are kind of funny though. Like, um, what's the one trying to reach Amy? Hi, we're trying to reach Amy. Um, and yeah, it's usually either your student loan or your car, your car warranty. And, and I do the same thing. I, I would hang up on now. Sometimes some people would like to play, uh, pranks. There's this comedian, uh, I think his last name is Mabe. I think it's like Tom Mabe. Dude, if you get a chance, look up his stuff on YouTube. (laughs) Oh my gosh. He just gets these people going. 
and they won't hang up. That's what's funny to me about him is like he'll just lead them down these little rabbit holes and they won't hang up, but he just keeps going. Have you ever stopped and like talked to him just to mess with him? So the only one, the only, I've barely listened to these things over the past years. As soon as I hear that it's a robot, I've, I hung it up. But there was one that I listened to where I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to hear what it says. And I think it was like, it was saying that it was the IRS oh. and I, and I owed like some ridiculous, right? I owed money and back taxes or they could resolve something for me if I gave them my credit card information over the phone. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> or and it, it said something like if I didn't, if I didn't respond, or if I didn't do this, that I faced the, the threat of prosecution or something like that. Oh my God. I'm like, come on, man, you guys, there's no way because I wouldn't be getting a phone call about this. I'd be getting something in the mail. But yeah. that's the sad the most, part. Oh, yeah. go ahead. No, I was going to say for the most part, like I'm to the point now where I get so many of them that I see, I just look at my phone and I see it's an unknown number and I'm just like, whatever, I'm just going <laughs> to let it go through. And I've even got my phone set up to where it won't even, I think that some of the calls, it won't even allow them based off a certain criteria. Oh. Yeah. Looking at this research found that Americans receive about 4.4 billion robocalls a month, 4.4 billion averaging about 1700 calls a second. Or about 13 calls per person. Now, here's what was interesting to me is um, Texas, California, Florida, Georgia, and New York are uh, ranked the top five states receiving robocalls. But now that information was from 2019. I have a feeling it's pretty much spread everywhere. Yeah. Well, it's because those are the biggest. Those are probably the states with the most residents. Oh, especially New York. I mean, yeah, yeah. you got the pop high population center. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So the then the question becomes, you know, nobody does this stuff just for the heck of it, right? I mean, there's gotta be a money motive. So who makes money off of these? Well, it's important to remember that these calls themselves don't generate any revenue, but what happens is people get tricked into the conversation. That's the sad part that I was going to talk about a little bit is oftentimes it's, it's older people and elderly. That's man. That is some shady stuff right there. That, that is, that's, that's just wrong, man. Yeah, that's that's the first thing that comes to mind is is the people who are suspect susceptible to stuff like this is old people. Like I can just see like my grandma can't really talk on the phone now, but like five years ago when she was, you know, she could hear she had better hearing and stuff and better understanding. But I I could just see like there was an instance where somebody called and said, "Hey, this is so and so from the cable company, and we need your credit card info." And she would, I'm I'm sure she would be confused and probably pass it over or something, you know. Well, especially that IRS call, though. Yeah, dude, that one. You're gonna get to jail. That yeah, could you imagine? That would scare the crap out of somebody. I even heard of one where, um, speaking of the student loan one, someone's parent answered, um, 
I, I need to look this up because I'm probably going to botch this story a little bit, but it was something to the effect of they knew their kid was probably like goofing off in school. You know, a lot of college kids and they were paying for the school. Well, they got that student loan call and they start talking about, you know, how we need this money because so and they thought they were actually talking about their kid because their kid was kind of goofing off anyway. And they ended up giving them the information. It cost them something like $30,000 because of the spam call. Come to find out, no, there was nothing wrong. The kid didn't even, because it was something about they were saying they took out this loan and that loan, and the kid was like, no. <laughs> I didn't do So. They went up yelling at the kid. Oh, my gosh. Did oh, you man, can you imagine? <laughs> what have you been doing? Well, I've been going to class like I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> well, the, the school just called and said, uh, took out some money. What are you doing with that money, boy? <laughs> that would be absolutely messed up. So I did find this one article, and this was from USA Today, uh, just this March, where the Federal Communications Commission issued the largest fine ever of $225 million to these uh, Texas telemarketers. And they sent out about 1 billion robocalls falsely claiming to sell health insurance for Aetna, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, and other companies. Uh, these two guys, John Spiller and Jacob Mears, they did business under this company named Rising Eagle and J Squared Telecom. Now have this fine. Man, and it, since 2019, so now they're facing a fine of $225 million. Wow. And that's what. So I mean, is it worth it? <laughs> did they actually? Does that, is that the money they actually made? Like, did, do we know what they actually made off of that? Well, that's the problem. That um, I never could find out what they did make off of it. But it was something about the way they did this is they would get a call, ask if they were interested, and you know they would have their system call and and it would ask people if they were interested in affordable health insurance and benefits, and of course. Everybody would say, well, yeah, especially nowadays, you know, and they would name these well-known companies, insurance companies. But if they press three to get an agent, the customer would be transferred to a call center unaffiliated with any of the insurance companies. And. Oh, my gosh. Now, here's the funny thing, and I didn't quite understand this. They had a, a large client called Health Ad, uh, Advisors of America. They had got sued in 2019 by the Missouri Attorney General. So, not only were these two guys doing this, they actually had, you know, kind of partnered with this, this actual health advisor company. And... I, I, so this is the way I look at it. Okay, yeah, the software is cheap. You know, you can spend something up. Usually these, uh, we'll call them companies that, that will host the service for you. They only charge you like half a cent a call. So if you think you can make a couple million calls, you're probably going to at least rope a couple of people in on mm -hmm. a scam and make some money, right? But if you get caught... Look what the FCC is going to do to you. You know, that's that's why I'm like, why would you do this? 
Unless there's some like crazy loophole where I don't know. I unless Yeah. I mean, I'm no criminal, but if I was, I'm going to do something. If I'm going to be, if I'm going to get caught, it better be worth it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or, I better be do, making a couple million dollars a week. It's not so easy to get caught. What's that? Or do something where it's not so easy to get caught. This just seems like, this just seems like it's like a slam dunk for getting caught doing something. Like if you're making, if you've got software setting up or set up, that's making calls out to people and, trying to scam them out of money right there's uh, that just it seems it seems like you're you're setting yourself up to eventually get caught somehow uh, and, and people got to realize these calls are traceable yeah you know there's there's uh and we'll talk about that a little bit here there there are companies that that say you can actually find these where these calls are originating from so if any of you people watching or listening to this start thinking, you know what? I know how to make some cash. <laughs> Spend me up on them services. All right. All right. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't think you're hiding from anybody. So, yeah. <laughs> Voluntary input is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it. Go to anchor.fm slash start to join a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. Are you looking for some other great podcasts to listen to? Well, be sure to check out a few of my favorites like Mindy and Brandy over on the DBBL podcast by going to dbblpodcast.com. Gain some interesting political insight with the Gentle Rambler and be sure to check out one of the smoothest dudes I've heard in a long time, Rome, over on the Go Rome podcast. Give these shows a listen because I'm sure you will enjoy them as much as I do. Now, back to the show. So, yeah, it's always so the bottom line is, is to remember that the calls themselves aren't making anybody any money. It's if you get roped in to the hustle, that's where the money starts coming in. The scam. So then what does what does all this cost us, the consumers? Well, the problem is it's hard to put a, a hard concrete number on a cost, although the FCC estimates that the cost of these calls to consumers is at least $3 billion per year from lost time alone, not to mention, you know, those who get roped into scams. How do they calculate that? Like, are they saying that that, that part of the $3 billion is time taken away from work? Or Yeah. Okay. So, a lot of times, uh, I don't know if you ever took any economics classes, but uh, workforce, you know, people are considered a resource. So anytime you're, you're taking the resource away from what it's supposed to be doing, working, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, if you, if you got lost time because of a telemarketer call, then, yeah. And a lot of, sometimes a lot of these uh, telemarketers will call companies, um, you know, posing as legitimate business you know, legitimate businesses that can offer something 
to the business that they're calling and then that results in fraud. So mm -hmm. there is that aspect of it too. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be, uh, it'd be interesting to see like what the number is of like the actual numbers are of people getting scammed. Like how much one of these guys, you know, like we said, the people that they got caught, what, what did they, what did they actually walk away with, you know, from money that they scammed other people out of? That's probably uh, going to come up in court. So yeah, we're probably going to be hearing about it over the next. Yeah. Cause years. they just got, they just got hit with it in March. And what is it now? We're going into July. So you know how the court system goes. It's going to take a little while to, but then once it ramps up, so we'll be following this story closely, folks, and <laughs> find out, <laughs> and we'll find out for sure. And I'll do a little more digging. Maybe it is out there somewhere, but when I was looking into it, I, I didn't see anybody mentioned because maybe they don't really know yet, or they're just holding that off until, you know, the court date happens so they can have a real slam dunk on them. But Oh, I couldn't imagine. First of all, you know, I've always said I couldn't imagine facing long jail time because I'm not built for prison. That's why uh, that's one of the main <laughs> reasons why I'm not a criminal. But I also couldn't imagine the federal government telling me, and we're going to fine you $225 million. No. So if you're in prison, that. how are you supposed to get that, that money? Dude, basically the rest of your life is just screwed up yeah, over phone calls. Done. Dude, I don't even like talking on the phone. <laughs> I'm not going to go to prison for phone. <laughs> and now the best part of this, though, is, you know, we could we could say all this gloom and doom stuff. But what about solutions? Now, we talk about the number of calls we get per day. Personally, to be honest, I honestly don't get a lot of them on my personal phone. So. You know, as I tell people all the time, my personal phone is a Google Pixel. So I have a Pixel 5. Now, my work phone that was issued to me by my employer is an iPhone. But Google started this a few years ago is this uh, Google Assistant call screening. And it's absolute genius, I'm telling you. So as soon as they launched this, I started using it. So the way it worked initially was if you got a call coming in and it was a number you didn't really recognize... You could just hit screen call because the little assistant icon would pop up mm. and you would hit screen call and the Google AI voice would talk to whoever's on the other end saying the person you're calling is using a call screening feature from Google. Go ahead and leave a message as to why you're calling and the person will get a transcript of the call. And sure enough, the person will start talking and I can see on my phone what they're saying. And, you know, you can always recognize those telemarketer scripts and those robot scripts and then all you had to do is hit block and the google assistant would say something to the effect of uh this person is not accepting calls from you blah 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 uh please remove this number from your from your call system or whatever and then it would automatically put it on a block list too and then hang up well now they've gotten really fancier with it now and i use this this automatic screening and I just go, you just go through the settings. You don't even have to worry about answering anymore. As soon as a number comes in, that's not recognized or that it uh, automatically detects. Cause over the years, Google would ask you, is this a spam call? And you could tell it, yeah, this is spam. So you, everybody knows Google is a data company. So they've been collecting this data for years. So they have a huge, a mass amount of you know, their, their AI can basically recognize spam calls now. 
So now you turn on this automatic uh, call feature. It already knows before it even has to start talking. So now on my phone, a lot of times it, it just doesn't even ring. Uh, every once in a while, I'll get a notification. It'll say spam detected. I can look at it. And sure enough, it will be one of those numbers. And you can even tell it, well, no, that wasn't spam. And you can, you can, you know, you can unscreen or whatever. And you could still screen the calls manually here, like I described initially. But, uh, and then also it keeps a, a library of the transcripts of what was being said from those little phone calls. So long story short, I'm at the point now on my personal phone, I don't even hear from them. I don't talk to them. I don't even get those calls anymore. So thank you, Google. <laughs> now, unfortunately, my iPhone, now you could probably speak to this more because your personal phone is an iPhone, right? Yeah. Now my work phone, this thing, it gets lit up every day, especially around the same time every afternoon. Only thing I've seen in the iPhone that's built in natively where it just says, uh, block this number. And I do that all the time and it hasn't stopped anything. So there are ways around it. So I, I don't think that there's, I don't think there's anything like screening, mm -hmm. but I think one thing that you can do and I, so I did this in the past. But I had to stop because at my old job, I would be on an on-call rotation. When we when I get calls from the help desk, it would always come from unknown numbers. Uh, so what you can do is, is you can just basically, I think there's a setting to where you can just forward on um, any unknown caller. You can forward on to your voicemail where it basically just, if you don't even get the call, all you get on there is a voice message. Mm. Um, and that's, and that's what I, that's what I did at first. You know, if they chose to leave a voice message, they could leave a voice message. But um, like I said, I had to turn that off because, uh, you know, when I was on call, I would get calls from like 859, just different area codes. Right. Um, and, you know, I, if I missed a call in the middle of the night, I would feel the heat from my boss the next day. Oh, yeah. So, I bet. <laughs> that's, that's actually something that I should look into doing. You know, I'll have good days and bad days where I get these calls and some, you know, I I actually, I don't think I've gotten a call within the last week, but usually if they call and get to my voicemail, um, I don't even, I, it basically the call just stops within five seconds. And I don't even get a voicemail. So, well, see, that's the, the thing about the, the Google call screening though, because at first it would do that too. It would push them into your voicemail, but now mm -hmm. they have the setting where you just tell it, no, just always block it, hang up don't send it to voicemail or anything it's deeper into the settings of the call screening app so basically those calls come in and it just hangs up on them so i because because i was doing that at first too, letting them go to the voicemail or having the assistant send them to my voicemail but then i got annoyed with that now i got all these spam messages yeah. in my voicemail i don't want that so yeah that's probably the advantage of google is that they said like you said since they are a data company they know they they probably got all this data stored and they're they'll be able to say oh i've heard this a million times yeah, this is this is definitely a spam call you know i'm not right. so sure that apple has stuff like that but um i'll have to look in look at my phone a little more to see what kind of options are there like i said i turned it off but now since i'm not going to be taking after hours on call 
uh, calls anymore, I could probably do something like that again. Yeah. For me, the beauty of it is it's already built in, so I don't have to download another app because, you know, that's that's part of my thing. I don't, I don't like to have to get something else to do something that my phone should be doing itself. However, on the flip side of that, I did find something that I thought was extremely interesting, and this is only for iOS. Uh, this is an app it called, um, and it has an interesting name. It's called Do Not Pay. Now, this, what caught my eye about this is it will automatically file a lawsuit for you. <laughs> In the background, it fills out all this paperwork. And so the app will make a log of the call and it generates all the paperwork so you can sue whoever the telemarketer is or uh, robocall spam or whatever you want to call them under uh, something called the Telephone Consumer Protection Act. Um, Genius. <laughs> I thought this was like, that's what I said. This is pretty, sounds pretty slick. Uh, the only thing that the only thing I see here though, the last rating for it was in January of 2020. So my problem is, I don't know if anybody's ever used this. Maybe I'll put this on my, my, uh, work iOS and see what happens. Cause I think this is pretty genius too. Yeah. Because ultimately that's the only way to really stop this stuff is, there just has to be lawsuits and these people that keep doing it have to understand you're going to get sued into oblivion. And also don't forget about the FCC and that $235 million fine and some jail time. So, so there's some, there's some questions that I got too. Like what, what if, what if somebody's doing this from out of the country? That's the sticky part. Yeah. Because then you got all the extradition stuff and blah, blah, blah. And I think that's why a lot of them, when they try to scam you, they will forward you onto an, uh, an offshore call, call center, you know, cause laws are different. People can hide behind stuff and get away with stuff. Basically. It's a little easier to do things like that. Offshore offshore. Yeah. Um, also another thing this, this app does is it generates a fake credit card number to give to the, <laughs> to give to the, uh, you know, the robocaller. Dude, this is genius. I think this is genius. So yeah, I'm going to try this out on my work phone since it's the one that gets them all. And I'm going to see how it actually works. And then this is something else we'll get back and, re and we'll, we'll report on this later as well. Yeah, I'm going to try this too, actually. <laughs> Do not <That's> pay. <laughs> Interesting. So whoever thought of this is pretty genius, I think. Uh, uh, yeah. It's funny that this says designed for iPad. I don't understand that, but yeah, I, nobody's going to be calling your iPad. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> so yeah, so um, those are just a couple of solutions. I thought those are the two most effective solutions. I'd love to hear what everyone else does. Like I said, I I know people who will talk to those folks and joke around with. I've done it a couple times myself. And uh, a lot of times those calls don't end well. Like the the person on the other end will get mad and start insulting you. And then that's why I just crack up. I just think that's funny because they, <laughs> but then it's like, you got to think there's some poor slob on the other end. That's his job. Like, dude, you need to get out of that call center, man. 
<laughs> go get a real job, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this show. Uh, if anybody has any questions or comments or show ideas, especially anything dealing with robocalls, let us know how you deal with them. You know, if you have any other tools that you know of that, that you think would be much more effective, just go to voluntaryinput.com and select contact voluntary input. And we'd love to hear from you from, from there. Uh, also on the last show, I had uh, the CEO of the app pocket change, which I, I I still I'm still loving this app. It's a social media app where all of your posts, comments, and likes gives out a small micro donation to a charity that you choose. So I've been I've been rocking that. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. But on that episode last week, uh, if you go to our YouTube channel, there was a poll there asking if you think that uh, a lot of the uh, you know the volatility and stuff we see in social media is because of the platforms themselves kind of encourage the behavior to keep people hooked. And uh, believe it or not, sixty percent of the people who responded to the poll said. No, they think that people just engage in that kind of stuff because they like it. And only 40% said, yes, the platforms encourage it. So I thought that was just kind of interesting that most people think, no, the platform is not their fault. Because honestly, Adam, that's kind of my opinion too. It's it's really, you just got to be an adult basically about it. You know? Yeah. It's it's no different than being in like a, it's just people are more emboldened to say things online than they are. Like, and then they click on stuff person. that helps feed into that. And like yeah. I like to say, you know, the best way to avoid going down rabbit holes is to stop chasing rabbits. So, you know, people always talk about, oh, YouTube, uh, Facebook leads you down these rabbit holes. No, you're, you're chasing the rabbits. So the best way to avoid going down rabbit holes is to stop chasing rabbits. Yep. all right guys that's like i said that's gonna do it for this episode again we come on air every tuesday night at 9 p.m eastern on twitch twitter facebook and youtube and be sure to join us over on mixcloud every friday night at 11 p.m eastern and every saturday night at 11 p.m gmt for weekend chill all right that's gonna wrap it up for this one we'll see you next time see ya take care